What's going on, Three Count Podcast? And yes, that is CM Punk. Why CM Punk? No, he's not making a comeback unless he's he has a uh, something up his up his sleeve that we don't know about. Again, Three Count Yo, Podcast. I'm Isaac. I'm Nick. So we are talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Chicago made, uh, Cookie Monster, Chick Magnet, Phil Brooks, aka CM Punk. Call him what you call him, whatever name it is. Just do not disrespect the man because he could be a total dick. Oh no, he's a huge dick, and I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. Um, so we're basically gonna talk about breakdown and discuss the man's impact on professional wrestling. Yes. Um, from his historic t- standpoint, from him uh, being a backyard wrestling guy to the moment he left WWE and went to go fight and his uh, failures there. Um, what he's doing now and stuff like that. Um, basically, because me and Nick have two contrasting opinions, I believe, on CM Punk. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about um, did he have a big impact in the ring or outside the ring, stuff like that. Um, I am a CM Punk fan. Um, I'm not someone who cares a lot if he does come back or if he doesn't. I believe you're a spoke on the wheel and the wheel keeps on spinning. You just mm-hmm. get replaced. Um to me, I think he has always been uh, fairly judged in terms of his in-ring ability. He wasn't the most skilled guy in the world, um, but his promos basically are some of the greatest of all time. And that's – we agree on that. Like his promos were incredible, but when it comes to <clears throat> his in-ring ability, I think he was way better than what you think. All right. Um, let's go ahead and uh, give a little background uh, so Phil Brooks was born October 26, 1978. Um, he's always gone by CM Punk. So he started wrestling, backyard wrestling in Chicago, um, basically starting his own company with some friends. Um, if you want to know more about all that in his life, I mean, his parents basically are not existent in his life. Um, his dad is an alcoholic, his mom an enabler. Um, his brother stole from him. If you want to hear about all that, there is a great, uh, documentary on the WWE Network that I highly recommend. Uh, he got his start in terms of the independent scene in 2005 with ROH. Um, then from ROH, he went to WWE, Deep South Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling. He met their um, one legend, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman kind of took him under his wing, taught him the ropes, everything. Camera work, production work, all that. Um... And then he got caught up to the main roster, drafted uh, to the ECW relaunch brand, ran by Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman specifically said, I want CM Punk on my brand. Um, he feuded a lot with um, um, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mercury, whatever fucking Johnny Wrestling wants to go by. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, they feuded a lot in their early career. Uh, he ended up winning the ECW title. Didn't really matter. He wasn't ready yet. Tag team with Kofi Kingston. Um, Evan Bourne, a few other guys, won tag team titles, became, uh, I believe, did he ever win the Intercontinental title? No. Wow. No way, he was a Triple Crown winner, so no. Okay, yeah, okay, so now he, let's see here, uh, come on. This dude has basically done it all in wrestling. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, he has, one time. One time, did he win the U.S. title? No. Okay. Let's see here. 
Yeah, ECW champion, world heavyweight champion, three times tag team champion with Kofi Kingston, uh, two-time WWE champion, one-time Intercontinental champion, two-time Money in the Bank winner, 19th Triple Crown winner, and the fastest to do it. Did in 203 days. Um, and seven-time Slammy Award winner. Um, he also won Wrestler of the Year in 2011, 2012. Ranked mm-hmm. number one of the top 500 singles wrestlers by PWI in 2012. Yep. And also, I didn't know that this was a thing. Most disgusting promotional tactic, exploiting Jerry Lawler's legitimate heart attack. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot all about I that. I forgot about that. That that was good. Most hated wrestler in 2012. Most popular wrestler in 2011. Money in the Bank winner in 2011. Feud of the Year with John Cena in 2011. Um, let's see. What else am I missing here? Um, he's won ROH heavyweight title gold. Uh, he's won WWE uh, heavyweight title. Uh, man, this dude's kind of done it all. Uh, um, he's so, done it all? Yeah. Um, let's see here. So some of his, his some of his most like popular his basically his biggest feud was with John Cena. Uh, we saw him beat John Cena at Money in the Bank, I believe, in 2011 um, in Chicago. He basically took that title, hopped into the crowd, ran out of the building, um, and this was after he had dropped that nasty pipe bomb. Oof, June 27th. 2011 and to those that have heard it you're gonna hear it again to those who have never heard it um you are welcome you lay there So this is after a tables match John Cena had with R-Truth. And CM Punk interfered. John Cena speared. John Cena, while you you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am. And that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though he's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else 
wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split, just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet, no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, and hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th, and who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still gonna pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's gonna keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's gonna tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's, it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Do we do this whole bully camp? So they cut his mic off, pretty much ends there. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the pipe bomb. So this was pretty a uh, pivotal moment in uh, his career because this kind of like shot him up to main event status as like the guy um, because he basically spoke a truth that a lot of people felt. And looking back at it now, I mean, his 
idiot's this doofus son-in-law and idiot daughter basically are running the company now and yes they are financially better off than they have ever been but the ratings have absolutely tanked so he called it he called it uh, everything that he said in there was straight from the heart it was truth and um when he talked about that moment on his DVD, which is available, you guys should definitely get it. I have it. It's three discs. It's credible. But anyway, um, when he talked about it, he was saying um, that they told him that day, um, yeah, go ahead, say whatever you want. And he was like, really? And he said, yeah. And he was like, okay, you asked for it. And he went out there and said that. And to be completely fair if they wouldn't have cut off his mic I really would want to know like how far he was willing to actually go but that just stems from his his frustrations the everything that he saw coming happened yeah and that's that's because he recognized the true power of not only the company but of his stance and he had something that not a lot of other wrestlers have, leverage. He had the leverage. Yeah, he, his contract was coming to an end. Um, basically, he at this time, WWE was hurting for a lot of uh, main event talent. Edge had just retired. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock was doing movies, so he was scheduled to be the main event at Mania, but he wasn't on TV every week. He was truly a part-timer. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a different story for a different day. We will talk about part-timers in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you know he said truth, a lot of truth. Like we know WWE was this be a star campaign, anti-bullying. Yet Vince McMahon is basically someone who would bully people backstage, according to a lot of uh, people. Um, but that's just Vince being Vince. You take it however you want to take it. Um, but this was a, this was a very important moment for WWE. This kind of shot him to a different direction. It gave it gave it a reality feel opposed to the. Uh, ruthless aggression feel so you can kind of put at this moment that the ruthless aggression era was pretty much dead and the reality era was now kind of born it was and the thing that and this is why i feel like um vince is really out of touch because he's still trying to create this whole thing in his image and cm punk recognized that we can't do that anymore um that being real, being honest, and uh, speaking about how you feel and the things that are going on in this country, it actually, or not in this country, but in the business, it actually affects people differently when you have a, uh, a touch of truth. But he gave them a whole lot of truth. And that's what changed it for people because we all feel it, and he was just speaking. And and let's not get it twisted. And it wasn't like him trying to be um, be a face. It was him just being CM Punk, and that's why we respected and loved him so much. That's why we still respect and love him. Um, his effect from that night on completely changed how things happen in the business. Um, we want more truth. We want more um, like real life things. So when you're pulling in p- 
people's real lives. And and it's not to say that they didn't already do that before. They only touched on certain things, like in real life, in the Attitude Era, um, Ruthless Aggression Era. But now this is like a real thing. This is someone's like real life and the things that are really going on in uh, in this business. So then that okay, full circle. Here's Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch does something that we didn't expect. She goes ham, and she beats the hell out of Charlotte, right? Right. We loved that so much because it was also our frustrations that we were seeing on somebody. That's why Becky Lynch was catapulted. And the thing that made me laugh is hearing uh, reports of Vince saying he did not expect her to go over like that at all he expected everyone to hate her and to cheer for charlotte and that's basically his disconnect with what's going on right now it was like exactly and they want all this fan interaction online but the what they're asking is they want any interaction online so they can boast it on tv saying we are the most trending topic of you know during this time period and that that's basically a lot of what cm punk was alluding to is this illusion of grandeur that wwe has when in reality they're missing the point of it all and you can do both but they're missing it um so his pipe bomb was an incredible important moment one of the greatest moments on monday night raw uh something that we need to have more often or we need to see it more often than we actually see it because we need to hear the truth i mean seth Rollins attempted one attempted one a couple weeks ago um with the uh reboot of raw and it basically missed the mark in my opinion um Mm. because seth rollins has never been that outspoken guy seth rollins was a heel when he was a heel he was a slime ball not like cm punk for example when cm punk um had the straight society in 2009 2010 he was the most hated man in the company and was getting death threats from old ladies because he was basically a cult leader he was i mean like i loved the straight edge society because it was different nothing at the nothing at that time was was touching that he they were the top heels and really thinking about the power of cm punk this man on his debut in wwe when he was on ecw he had a match against just incredible this man is being cheered and and they're having signs they're going crazy for cm punk a relatively unknown dude to the wwe community but he's getting all this love then uh all of a sudden at a survivor series they they choose him to be on their team with dx and what happens the crowd's going crazy for cm punk like, they should have known then that this man was special, that he could have been, he or could be everything that they want. They want someone that's going to get that pop. They want someone that is different. They want some, he's us. He is the fans. But because he doesn't look like, because he doesn't talk like, it, it hurt him in yeah. a sense. Um, and but his. His uh, impression is long-lasting now that we see wrestlers that kind of are that now. 
in the WWE. Like with Ruby Riot. When I look at Ruby Riot, I see CM Punk. I see that influence. Um, but before we get into any of that, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, his feud with, with uh, Jeff Hardy was incredible. Mm. Um, as Jeff Hardy was leaving the company, um, he feuded with CM Punk, and him and CM Punk went at it, uh, basically targeting Jeff Hardy's uh, substance abuse problems, um, basically bringing all that up, and um, how CM Punk was straight edge, never drank, never did any drugs, anything like that. Um, so they had a really good feud doing that. A really great feud. Um, I think that was actually one of the best feuds. Um, and nobody has attacked Jeff Hardy like that, or anybody like that, really, since CM Punk. Yeah, uh, Samoa Joe's Joe. doing it now. He's doing it now. And every time that man speaks, I get shivers down my spine. Yeah. Like, I really would hate to be a WWE superstar and have... And they're like, oh, yeah, so you're going to be working with uh, Samoa Joe. Huh? <laughs> you got to come what? with your A-game verbally. You have to because he's that good. And yeah. CM Punk was really that good at um, going for bars. I mean, my favorite disgusting and terrible thing, uh, alluded to it earlier, was him against Rey Mysterio. And he sang happy birthday to his daughter. Bro, I lost it. I was sitting there with my mom, and she was like, oh, I hate him. And I was like, that's it. He got it. He got it. Yeah, I mean. Like, my mom my mom doesn't watch wrestling as much. Like, her, her favorite wrestler today is still The Undertaker. But she doesn't watch it as much. But when she watched it with me and she saw that, oh, she would, like, peek in the room like every other week just to see like what CM Punk is doing like that man got it and that was a disgusting thing and by the way have you seen Aaliyah lately have you seen Rey Mysterio's daughter no bruh wait I gotta find out how old she is first before I say some super shit like that but she's pretty (laughs) um but so then the thing is too um cm punk basically also had the same situation that he had with jeff but with jericho um earlier in their career he was feuding with jericho i believe over the world title um chris jericho talked about brought up how cm punk's dad was an alcoholic and cm punk um was also uh or was hiding his alcoholism um brought it up he made a uh, cm punk take a series of uh, uh dui tests that he passed um, and he brought up a, a true story that um, when CM Punk was developmental, um, he went out and he was at a bar for Harley Race's, I believe, birthday party. Mm-hmm. And um, he took a shot of alcohol. And it was true. And the story goes is that CM Punk um, didn't drink because he just didn't like the idea of it because his family. Um, but he wasn't judgmental towards others in his private life. And he took the shot out of respect for Harley Race because Harley Race, it was his birthday. One shot, yeah. didn't make a big deal out of it, kept his mouth shut, just did it out of respect for the business, respect for one of the greats. This is a story that you can hear on Bruce Pitchard's um, Something to Talk, Something to Wrestle With podcast. Um, their CM Punk episode that they did. They goes into crazy as detail. We're, we're not going to go into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, CM Punk is a good guy um and but his the stuff he did in the ring as a face was good him as a heel was better 
Um, don't know where I'm going with this, but he's just it's just things like that that you hear about him that when it translates to WWE TV that you're just like, okay, now you know context and story. It's even better now. It's even better because you felt <clears throat> the reality of it. You felt he had a he had a strong tendency to make you feel something. Like it wasn't just you heard it, you feel it. And it's a rare quality in a lot of superstars now because they kind of have this idea that, you know, I'm just going to not only say what they have written for me, but I'm going to add just a little bit of emotion to it instead of adding a little bit of truth to it. And that it makes all the world a difference. I, I, love this business i love wrestling so much that i want to know you i want to know who you are not just on social media but i want to see that truth bleed into like why i love you and why i hate you i love the miz for example when he brings his wife into it you see how much he loves her and you hate it because he has a hot wife he has uh, a great life and all of these things you hate it because you want it right and that's why i love him you know uh roman reigns he is he's progressively gotten better he has the looks um like you know your girl loves him you know what i'm saying like you hate him but that's why you love him right. you know what i mean like there's truth into a lot of things that these guys do like he knows that he works hard and he knows that people don't like him and he uses that like when he beat uh undertaker and uh, like quote unquote retired him we hated the fuck out of him and all he said was this is my yard now after what 10 minutes of standing there not saying anything you hated him even more and he was not even a heel right like that that's the truth that we that we desire, that we want. Um, CM Punk was able to give that. That's why his promos were dope. That's why whenever they bled his real life into things, that's why the Straight Edge Society works so well because it was his truth. It was something that he did and people hated him for because it was like, oh, you're speaking down to me about my choices, about what I do. And he's like, no, I'm just saying that my way's better. (laughs) That... That's beautiful. Let's give it up to the man. Um, so towards the end of his run, so after he feuded with John Cena and uh, The Rock, after that, he ended up aligning with um, Daniel Bryan to face the Wyatt family. Um, during this time period, Triple H was kind of making more of an in-ring return, wrestling a little more regularly. Um, so the thing was, Daniel Bryan was going to wrestle, um, I believe, Orton or Batiste. No. Yeah, he was going to wrestle somebody who was Daniel Bryan going to wrestle? But CM, I don't know. CM Punk was going to be matched up with uh, with Triple H to wrestle at Mania. Uh, trip, uh, CM Punk believed he felt and felt he should have been in the main event. Um, Triple H took offense to that. He got into it with CM Punk. CM Punk ended up quitting. So during this time, is oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, CM Punk was supposed to fight uh, Triple H at WrestleMania, and. Um, the Rock and John Cena were, were going to go. We're headlining, and Batista 
had just came back. And was going to work, I think, with Daniel Bryan. Or Randy Orton was going to work with Daniel Bryan, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, uh, but the Johnson and the Rock wasn't for the title. No. Um, This was at WrestleMania. Oh, no, it was for the title. Uh, No, the main event that at that time was The Rock and John Cena. No, but... no, no, no. The main event at that time was Batista versus Randy Orton for that title. Yeah. That's what it was going to be. And that's why CM Punk was angry because uh, returning Batista was going to wrestle Randy Orton for the title, CM Punk versus Triple H, and then Daniel Bryan I think, was going to wrestle Sheamus or somebody again. Um, yeah. And, and so... the thing that really like put him over the top was that they had built it in the eyes of the fans that because he came in number one at uh, the Royal Rumble, that he was going to go the distance. Right, and he didn't make it. Yeah. Um, so, basically, CM Punk walks out and quits. This mm-hmm. is um, in February. Um, so, and this is, at this very moment, the Yes Movement is in full effect. CM Punk is the hottest shit on earth. Um, earlier, before that, there was this great moment where it was literally CM Punk... Daniel Bryan, Zack Ryder as um, your world champion, Zack Ryder as your Intercontinental champion, and then I think someone else was U.S. champion. Um, yeah. Oh, man, what is that? Oh, uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. So them four... Oh, no, Cody Rhodes was the Intercontinental champion. And then Zack Ryder was U.S. champion. But it was like yes. it, was, it was them three who were three guys who weren't in, ever supposed to be in this position having all the gold, right? And yeah. then you fast forward... To the point where, at this point, CM Punk doesn't have any gold. Daniel Bryan doesn't have shit. Zack Ryder's basically not on TV anymore. Completely buried. So everything, at this point, CM Punk has fought for is gone. He isn't in the main event, as he should be. You have a part-timer in Batista coming back. Randy Orton has basically become a part-timer at this point. Yeah. And Triple H, who's a full-time part-timer in the, in WrestleMania, um, in a part-key match. And so CM Punk says, you know what? I'm done. I quit. I'm tired. I'm going home. Um, and then it becomes the authority versus Daniel Bryan. And it gives more focal point on the yes movement and what Daniel Bryan's struggle is. Yes. So without CM Punk leaving, we don't get the yes movement. True. Without CM Punk there, we wouldn't have the yes movement. I agree. And so then we ended up getting um, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton and Batista. Oh, no, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. So he takes CM Punk's spot. If he wins at Mania, he gets into the main event. He does. So he wrestles two matches that night, wins the world title at WrestleMania. Probably the biggest moment, definitely the biggest moment at that point in his career. And it's all because CM Punk picked up this ball and went home. I wouldn't say that. Yes, that that's what happened, but I wouldn't say that. And I wouldn't say that because the man did something really extremely brave. He gave up on something that he loved in order for you to truly understand and feel how it's affecting him. And yeah, the business is going to keep going. And he said that. Like, the wheel's just going to keep spinning. He knows that. But he knew that his impact and the absence of it was going to be felt. So in um, later on, on March, when they uh, were in Chicago, 
and you hear his music play and then Paul Heyman walks out, you feel that. You feel how bad it is, how how much they love CM Punk, how much that 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 he meant to the city. Right. But not only that, years later, this happened in 2014. Four years later, I can't believe it's been four years. Four years later, you are still hearing CM Punk chants. It's not because it's something cool to say at a show. It's because you miss that man. You miss that element. You miss that that in-ring ability, that, that voice, the pipe bombs. You miss everything that he represented and everything that he is to the business. And it hurt like hell for him to walk away, but we know that he did it for the right reasons. It's not the same as when uh, Stone Cold left. Yeah, when Stone, Stone Cold, Cold walked away. And walked away. That was a bitch move. Because you didn't book this match and it should be bigger. I agree. But I think he should have still went out there and did that. Now, his frustrations was more selfish. Whereas CM Punk's was more like, you're giving all this energy and time to part-timers to make the business better, but you have guys here that already can make this business better, but you're refusing to see that. He didn't take his ball. He landed on his sword, and I I admire that. So that's that, I think that's that that's where we see it differently, like him leaving. Yeah, so to me, to me, he basically, to me, he quit. He picked up his ball. He went home. Um, but so this opened up a whole new um, spot for another person to take over, and that was Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan is basically now the guy. Um, but it, but Team Punk's entire career knocked down doors and basically created this whole new um, round of possibilities for smaller guys. So. Now we got guys like Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black. Um, so Daniel Bryan was already there, but um, who else am I missing here? There's these guys from the indie scenes. Oh, um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Owen, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, um, AJ Styles. You know, it, it opened up this whole avenue for smaller guys to come in and be able to work with the company and have a, sp- a shot at the main event status. And exactly. so that is to me is CM Punk's legacy was yes he was someone who went against the grain and fought the fought literally um uh against the powers that be and yet the residual was he lost everything in terms of of his wwe spot but that was by his choice but it gave growth to new life of uh indie darlings coming in and being able to do what they wanted to do Without CM Punk, there would have been no Shield because the Shield was definitely his idea. Instead of Roman oh, Reigns, he wanted Cassius Ono. That's fair, but I I'm glad it was uh, Roman Reigns and not Cassius Ono. Yeah. But uh, who's to say that none of that stuff would have happened if he wasn't still there? Uh, I don't I don't think it would have been. I think there would have been uh, a jam at the top, and we would have uh, missed out on a lot of different um, opportunities. Because, I don't think so. Oh, I well, there's no. If CM Punk doesn't leave, Daniel Bryan doesn't happen. True. But I think it would have happened eventually. 
I don't think it would have happened in the way that it did. He wouldn't have won. He wouldn't have had that specific moment at WrestleMania. Um, no, I don't. I don't I, uh, actually, no. I think he would have, but I don't think it would have been the way that it happened. I think he would have still had it. I think it would have just happened in a different way. I don't think it would have been as cool. True, it probably wouldn't have been as cool. But I think if uh, the way CM Punk is as a heel, he would have been the perfect person to go up against to uh, to really overcome. Because then it would have been, you know, you're the small guy, you um, look after me, or you know, you're the guy that's behind me. You know, it would have been like something to that degree about his size, his stature. Um, he, but not denying that he is a really good wrestler. I think he would have just attacked him on every, on all other as, uh, facets of it and really would have like broken that down. But I do agree that if he wouldn't, if he, le- if he wouldn't have left, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. But because he left, a lot of things happened in response to it. Because now it's not, we need to replace, or we need to fix this because he's gone. It's, who's going to take that spot? Who's going to take that spot that CM Punk left open? Who's going to be that guy that CM Punk was to this company, was to these fans? We got Daniel Bryan. Then a short time later, we got... Uh, Kevin Owens and excuse me, Kevin Owens and John Cena, which to me was is still the turning point in uh, John Cena's career because I was getting tired of John Cena, and then I see that match and John a, Cena's it doing things. It was a rebirth, yeah. Like it was a rebrand. Like come yeah, on, absolutely. But um, we get all these things to try to find somebody that is going to be like not the next CM Punk, but be bigger than CM Punk and we don't we didn't really get that we got Daniel Bryan who is arguably one of the goats um, but but his mission is different than CM Punk his mission is different exactly like I feel Daniel Bryan as good as he is wants to do what's best for the company and just go about his day yeah um, and still love wrestling yep. where CM Punk was like I want to change this place period and we don't have an, we don't have anybody like that we don't have yeah. that. Um, and, I do think down in NXT, it's going to be a guy that I'm huge on. It's going to be Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, no, I don't think so. I think he's Daniel Bryan 2.0. I, I don't think he's going to be that guy that's going to want to change the company. I think uh, I think Tommaso Ciampa would be that guy. I think Velveteen Dream could be that guy. I think he's hella happy and would just wants to be here. But I think as time rolls on, I think he's going to start – seeing things differently and wanting to fight to fix it um and it it takes someone that has seen wrestling outside of wwe and lived it to want to bring that into wwe and say you know what some things have to change some things have to be different you have to start listening to us you have to start uh, bringing us in, um, like that is important. That that's needed. And the best thing that I ever heard uh, CM Punk say was, well, one of them of of the many. He's when he was talking about um, in his interview in 2014. Um, 
when he was talking about like explaining why he left, he was like, um, "What do you say? Um, I was sick and tired, and I was burnt out, and I walked away. And I can do that because I'm an independent contractor." That spoke a lot. That that spoke volumes. That's him saying he he doesn't see us as like really employees. He sees us as like people that are expendable, and that yes, it's just gonna keep turning. Like that's powerful. That is powerful, and that's leverage. That's huge leverage to know that they, he only sees you as this. You okay? Then I am that. And then when he's ready to walk away, you're fighting like hell to not only keep him, but just in case he doesn't come back, you're fighting like hell to find someone to replace him. That's that's huge. Yeah. So after he walks out of the company and leaves, um, he goes on the Colt Cabana podcast. It was over a uh, Thanksgiving weekend. This two-part, four-hour-long episode where he grieves everything. Um, By the way, did you listen to that whole thing? I did. I listened to it twice, and it was incredible. That was so good. So good. Um, unfortunately, it landed Colt Cabana and CM Punk in hot water. Uh, a doctor that CM Punk accused of misdiagnosing a staph infection. Basically... Um, CM Punk and Cabana get sued by the doctor. Um, it goes on for a few years. It finally gets resolved earlier this year with uh, basically the lawsuit being dropped. Um, unfortunately, CM Punk and Colt Cabana's personal relationships were ripped apart. They're no longer friends or on speaking terms. In fact, Colt Cabana has recently filed a lawsuit against CM Punk in order to be reimbursed for lawyer fees. Um, so his personal relationships get torn apart. Uh, piece by piece he's currently married to AJ Styles um, you mean AJ Lee <laughs> yeah when I say AJ Styles right uh, AJ Lee yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe they're gay we don't know no he's married to nah. AJ Lee um, and he currently has lost two his two fights that he's been planning he trained for for the longest time in the UFC he is currently doing a commentary for some small mixed martial arts company uh, promotion so and he's doing the acting thing so all in all, CM Punk has gone full circle. He says he does not want to wrestle ever again. Um, I don't real- believe that. In all reality, nobody really ever stays away from WWE forever. <coughs> True. See him. And- uh, Ultimate Warriors come back. Um, a lot of people have come back. Um, people we never thought we'd ever see again, like Goldberg. Uh, you know, just everyone eventually comes back to WWE eventually everyone eventually comes home and um i think i i believe during the stone cold podcast uh vince mcmahon was on and they of course he brought it up and he apologized for the way that it happened uh firing him on his wedding day that's trash but um like i i admire because i know that vince isn't Vince will do what Vince wants, but Vince will not make an apology if he doesn't really believe it, if he doesn't really feel it, because right. he never feels like he's wrong. No, he's the owner um, of the company, so why would he? Why would he admit fault? And in this, he felt like he did that wrong, and he apologized, and which he should. Um, but I feel as though... And because he said that he would like to work with him again... I don't think that that was just like just something to say. I really think that he does. I, I really feel like he would work with him again. 
And I think that if the door was open for him to have a run, to return, um, I think that it would be it would be in his best interest to do it. And I think that if the money was right, I think if the situation was right, um, I think he would definitely come back. I, I think it would just take, excuse me, I think it would just take a lot. And I'm not just saying just like a lot of money. I think that it would take a lot of things. But also, he burnt so many bridges. Like when he left, he was like, if you work for the business, we are no longer friends. Right. And I think that's cold. I think that's heartless. Since seeing as one of his best friends was Kofi Kingston, um, another one being Corey Graves, um, a lot of those guys there that adored him, looked up to him, and called him a friend, they are now on the outs just because of where he works. That's that's. <clears throat> I don't think I think that's petty, but I also think I understand where he's coming from. It's like this company did this to me and is doing this to a lot of other people and doesn't really give a shit about us. And you choose to work there. And I think he was just drawing his line in the sand and he knew that you're going to do what you want and that's fine. But I don't have to associate myself with it. That's ballsy. It's brave. It's petty. But... I respect him for it, but he, it would take a lot for him to want to come back. And I think the one thing that Sam Punk would have to do is apologize, not for walking out, but for everything else that happened when he left. So what do you think in your opinion is CM Punk's um, biggest contribution to wrestling? Everything. His one thing. You got to choose one. (laughs) Um, the look so breaking the barrier breaking the barrier because he doesn't he's not the prototype like he does he's not what vince mcmahon saw as a champion saw as someone that is the face of this company and cm punk fought like hell to be that while keeping who he is intact and now we're seeing people who don't look like be like and become that Right. We see uh, the love for Johnny Gargano. We see that he doesn't look like John Cena, but there he is, Finn Balor. He doesn't look like uh, your typical guy, like typical big, muscled, joked out dude. But he's he's the fan favorite. He's the one that everybody wants to see. He's the one that held the Universal Championship first. Like his size, his look, the tattoos, um, all of that. You have to pay attention to that now. You have to look at that and say, well, if CM Punk did it, that's that's the thing. So uh, his, who he is. So where do you put him in your top wrestlers of all time? I hate that you put me on the spot. Uh... Number two. Of all time. Of all time. Wow. That is surprising. Yeah. Um, I have him in my top ten, not in the top five. 
And to me, his biggest impact in wrestling, to me, was him uh, leaving just because it ushered in the Daniel Bryan era. And I think Daniel Bryan has had a bigger impact on um, on WWE and wrestling than I think CM Punk did in terms of what talent would be brought in and fostered. That's fair. Yeah. But I think his cultural impact, his uh, abilities in the ring and on the mic, um, I think what he symbolized, what he fought for, is way more important and valuable to the WWE. And when he left, it left a huge hole in the company to where they scrambled and it's not like they knew that Daniel Bryan could be that guy oh they absolutely didn't they had no idea but because oh well Daniel Bryan's right here like what do, let's see let's let's hope this works so like yeah thank so, you punk um... <laughs> Let's see here. What's my next question? So, if CM Punk came in today, do you think he would be as big of a superstar? Yes. I think he would. Without question. I think he'd be bigger. Um, And actually, I think his relationship now, if he were to come back, would actually be, would be better with Triple H. Just for the simple fact that I think that CM Punk would be someone that would work with a lot of NXT talent. And impact their careers in the future. And teach them that to be yourself and how to be yourself and to be an extension of yourself to get to that next level. A lot of things that a lot of uh, wrestlers do not realize how to do. Yeah. And to me, I think that's where his future should lie and not as an airing competitor. That's fair. And I think that if he was to come back now, not only would he have like a huge talent pool to to go through, I think with him back, ratings would be up. Obviously, um, I think the wrestling would be intense. I think he would be bigger than the company could contain. You really think so? I really do because once once this man who says I'm never coming back and did all the things that he that he did outside of the company, even with those losses, I think him coming back would completely flip the WWE up on its ass. Like it's it would be insane. And think about this. Just imagine the night after WrestleMania, CM Punk comes out. How insane would that be? That would be absolutely crazy. And he wouldn't have to say a word. He just came out, put someone to sleep. That's it. Like that, it, it wouldn't even matter who it, who it was. He could do it to Aleister Black. He could do it to Shane. Like, oh, that would be insane. 
Um, he <laughs> could do it to uh, Triple H. He could do it to Seth Rollins. He could do it to Kevin Owens. He can literally do that to anyone and it would kill um so in closing do you think he would ever be back i don't like to say never but i think i think he will even if it's in the capacity of we want to put him in the hall of fame okay um, but I think he'll be back. Um, I think if Vince dies, knock on wood, if Vince were to pass, I think Triple H would be one of the people to reach out to him and just try to mend fences. But I honestly think that it takes for Vince to put his ego and his pride aside to reach out to him personally and really apologize and really take that tongue lashing from him and then try to mend those fences. Bret Hart would Bret Hart was someone that we would thought we we'd never see back in the WWE. Right. And he came back. So I think but that took Vince reaching out. So let's I I think Vince will reach out to him and I think he would be back either for a Hall of Fame or another run. Alright. Well, that's all we got for you today. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, what else do you got? What about you? I think he... I think everybody eventually comes back. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. So someday he will be back. It will be either to work in uh, developmental with the NXT guys or it will be simply for a, a Hall of Fame induction and that'll be it. That's fair. Okay. Um, I, that's about it. And so since you did brought up Bret Hart and the Montreal Screwjob, in February we will be back with another episode um, similar to this but specifically about the Montreal Screwjob, the fallout, the impact, the history of it, um, whose fault it was because I'm going to take a surprise uh, stance on it. I think then you will. Um, we'll talk about that soon. Um, yeah. So again, um, if you heard our um, our 2018 WWE recap, we are going to be doing um, two episodes a week. Uh, once a month, we will be doing a What's Next. Uh, we will be doing an episode just like this, and then a recap of all the indie wrestling shows. So we're talking about MLW, talking about uh, AEW. If it does happen not sure um maybe women of wrestling roh if we have time uh maybe impact since they are moving to new network we don't know when um, yeah but yeah and so we might be throwing some other stuff in it hopefully having some guests and all of that is gonna be amazing yes man i'm excited I 2019 2019 Woo! we're really going full steam ahead <laughs> Um, and we will be having a video component sooner rather than later. Oh yeah. Uh, we were, I want to have special guests on here. I have to figure out how to multi, um, call people on Skype. Yeah. I can't, I'm pretty sure it's easier than, than I think. Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, let us know if you liked this episode. I know it's kind of weird. We kind of bounced all over the place. Then it really plan is out too fully. Uh, so yeah, that was our CM Punk 
kind of well, it wasn't more of a debate. It was more of a uh, a history, I would say. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I'll, 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 let's call it a debate. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we'll give this an official title sooner rather than later. I got to come up with something. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch y'all soon. Peace out. Peace. Personality, a cult of personality.